It is Texax Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. We are here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Let's go straight to the hotline. My buddy John Harris. Hey, John, how you doing, man? What's up, Dean? How you doing, man? Yeah, you know, I've been better in football in sense. Baseball wise, life's pretty good. Aggie baseball is going to be really good, and obviously the Strohs in the uh, World Series. Yeah, our football lives are not going very, very well right now. Bunch of really close losses and. Uh, I don't want to say that we're mirror images in some sense because A&M has had obviously more winning success this year. Um, but I think the, a lot of frustrations with, with our team from, you know, from our perspective, we're trying to dig ourselves out of a hole that was created uh, at the end of 2019 going into 2020. Um, I think A&M is trying to figure out how do you deal with this new college football world and a merge of, young stars and veteran players and make it all work together. And I think that's been obviously a little bit of a struggle for them. Went on the road and spit the bit 17 zero and it's, you know, 10 minutes left in the first quarter and you can't spot a team. I don't care who it is, 17 points on the road. And you fought back and had a chance at the end after the onside kick, um, which is almost a, a minor miracle um, and had AM handled a little better, they would have had a little bit more time than just 10 seconds. But either way, that game was lost in the first five minutes uh, with just mistakes that, you know, you don't tack on a kickoff. You jump out of a, a lane as you're running down a kickoff. You then throw a pick that you should be throwing from an opposite hash to the opposite sideline late, never. And then you fumble a snap because you can't communicate. Um, so just a lot of that happens. And then you kind of, got the ship leveled and for the rest of the game you pretty much not only held your own you all played them for the rest of the game really but it's just key plays they ended up making and you didn't and that's why you ended up with another loss yeah so how do you sum up the season what has happened why has it happened and uh how do they get out of it well here's this is the the and and i'm not around the program every day but as i watch this team i wonder where's like which who's the leader on this team so i'll give you this back when when bill o'brien was the the coach here with the, with the texans they had some some pretty decent leaders um but there were a lot of quiet guys though they didn't have a they didn't have a ton of guys that were ready to you know they didn't have the the on the field mike vrabel he was coaching but they didn't have a mike vrabel a teddy Bruschi, you know a tom brady that just could grab another teammate and go yo this is not the way we do things we do things this way. And O'Brien was the guy that had to do that all the time. And it put a lot of burden on Bill. And, well, Bill was quick to, you know, accept the burden, if you will. But he needed a few more players to step up and be those guys like, hey, we don't do it this, that way. We do this and pushed everybody the way they needed to. It was O'Brien had to do that. And I watch A&M. And every time there's a mistake, you look over at Jimbo on the sideline, and he just has this look on his face, and he's, he's talking to Wyckoff, and he's talking to, uh, to Robinson, and he's just like, ah. And he's just got this look of such exasperation, which I understand as a coach, but your players have got to handle some of that. Your players have got to be the ones that get over there on the sideline and say, hey, let's get this nonsense out. Let's, what are we doing here? We, we got to get on the same page. I don't think that successful teams are always driven leadership-wise by their head coach. I think that's got to come from leaders on the team. And therein lies one of, I think, 
one of an issue. And obviously we've seen freshmen have some, some issues with this team. They talk, how much do we talk about in the off season? How much was it talked about? Not only just us, but around the country. This is the, it's the best recruiting class ever. Bunch of five stars. They're coming in. They're going to change the program. Well, you're 18 years old and you hear that. What do you believe? What do you think? Well, I, I was brought here as a savior, man. I don't know about you. They haven't won when you've been here. I'm the savior, man. I'm here. Now, I can't speak to uh, everybody in the group for feeling that way. Maybe they don't. Maybe it, has, maybe it hasn't been the way. That's just the outside perception that I have because if it wasn't that way, we wouldn't have seen guys be suspended for a game earlier this year. We wouldn't see guys that are suspended indefinitely now. I think you have that sort of dynamic and – Nobody really understood how to how to make that melting pot work. And I think that's that's one of the major issues. And on top of that, you'd like for your team to have that quarterback that everybody looks to. Hey, things are going wrong, but you know what? Player A is going to save us here. Bryce Young is going to bail us out. And look, I know Bryce is special, but you get the point here. You don't have to be the best thrower. You don't have to be the best runner. You just have to be a winner, and you have to lead your team, make good decisions. And that hasn't happened at the quarterback position this year. And that's where the team, everybody else is like, well, I got to go make a play because we're not making it here. Kellen Mond didn't make every play. He didn't. But Kellen Mond made the right place when he needed to. And even though he might have been a quiet leader, he led. And they followed. And that's not what's happening seemingly right now. And, you know, Haynes has been hurt. Um, that's not help. Max is in and out. You know, Connor comes in the game. It's just there's been a lack of consistency there. So there are probably a lot of other things that people can say that are close to the program, but just outsider looking in and what I just see with a team that just feels very disjointed, very athletic. You can see the athleticism. You can see NFL talent, but, man, it's disjointed. I mean, David, here's a great example. Again, going back to the – I can't remember. I think it was the third quarter. Zach Pickens is one of my top 100 candidates or one of my top 100 players in NFL draft for South Carolina. He's right over the daggum ball. You would think you'd block him. And center and guard just let him run right through. And now Haynes has got to get out of the pocket and throw one away. I don't know if that was a play he got hurt on, but how do you just leave a guy like that unblocked? I don't care what your rules are up front. It just And, and that just was the epitome of, of the disjointed nature and whether Bryce was in there at center or not, it just felt like everything has been that way kind of all year long. So the question is, what do you do to fix it? And I've always been of a mindset that when you're that disjointed, you simplify, you simplify things and you make it easy for your guys to play and play together that they know what they're doing. They know what to do when they see certain things and then they play. So we'll see where that happens uh, against Ole Miss. But I think simplifying and then building back up might be what Jimbo and the entire staff has to do uh, for the rest of the year. Can a coach and a team midway through or beyond kind of really change its skin at this point? Like, I, I think you are who you are, but you look at all these games, and I don't know if this makes me more frustrated, John, but all these games, as bad as they have played, they're all a play away. Yeah. David, I can, I can speak with the team that I live with right here. It's the same thing. You know, we got a 2017 lead against the Raiders, and 
we we give up a third and 11 uh, catch to Devontae Adams. He catches it three yards downfield. We miss a tackle. We miss another tackle. He gets 10 yards, which allows him to go for it on fourth down. Then we jump offside. Like, you know, then we get the ball back, and uh, then uh, we jump offside. And it's just uh, – we, we false start, I should say. You know, it's those kind of things. It's a play here. It's a play there. We've had to lead in the fourth quarter every single game. A&M's been in every single game. So how do you make those plays? I asked this question of Lovey Smith, and I think it's a question because how often do we speak in mantras and you think about, let's start fast, uh, let's do this, let's do that, and then what's the one you always hear? Well, we got to finish. we got to finish. Okay. It's great to talk about that, but what does it mean to finish? What actually does it mean to finish? And I think to finish is the exact same way to start. And that is you don't have missed assignments. You're not misaligned. Uh, you tackle well. And if you do just those things, you don't throw a shoulder into somebody. You wrap up. You do what you're coached to do. And you bend over backwards to do what you're coached to do. And if you do those things and you quit beating yourself and, and Lovey said something you know similarly, but just that's my theory on it, is when you have to finish, it's not just, well, let's wait for that one play to make that play. No, it is. What's my job on that play? It's the Bill Belichick theory, not just do your job, but do your job. Well, what's your job on that play? Are you playing quarters? Are you outside corner and quarters? Are you a linebacker? That's got a gap responsibility. Do your job. What is your job? Not somebody else's job. What's your job? Know what your job is and then go do it. And John, that sounds way too simple. Yeah. Guess what? We make football way too hard, people. We make it way too hard. Simplify it and go find the ball and tackle it. Go block the guy across from you and let your star running back make some plays. Don't make dumb decisions with the football as a quarterback. Don't try and throw from the left hash to the right sideline early in a game. Get comfortable. Make the throws you can make. Don't make dumb decisions. And you'll start just as well as you can finish. And I give Adam a lot of credit for being down 17 nothing and then getting back in and chipping away at that lead and showing fight. So there's something there, David. Yeah. There's something there. There's fight there. And that is something definitely to build off of. But it's like it's like coloring. Now, instead of just all over the place all the time, now you got to focus on, look, we got to focus on details so we're coloring within the lines a little bit more. And we do that, we start winning games because they've got the talent to win games. Now it's a matter of let's color between the lines a little bit, a.k.a. do your job, your job. You're talented enough if you do your job that you're going to be in a ball game against anybody. And then finish the same way by, well, I'm not going to take these three plays off because I know this third down is coming up. No, no, no. You play every play that way, and you do everything intelligently on a field. You don't make dumb mistakes. You don't let your emotions get away from you. You tackle with good form, and you'll finish the deal. I just haven't been able to do that. I need to read this text real quick, John. Um, Bryce Foster's mom is listening to the show this morning, and she just uh, sends us a prayer warriors out there. Say a few for Bryce. He has surgery to fix that knee today, so we'll – be back good as new for next year. Um, you know, obviously prayers for Bryce, who is such an integral part of this team and the offensive line. Even though they've had their struggles this year, the team looks way different when he's out there. Uh, oh yeah, know, Wyckoff is is having his struggles, my man. Um, let's let's talk quarterback for a moment. Connor comes in. I loved his instincts. 
I still didn't see great play from quarterback, but I, I did like what I saw. What did you see from Connor, and do they give him the keys from now on? Well, I think it just goes back to Haynes' health. I mean, I don't know what, what his health is. I don't know if he could have gone back in the game. It didn't look like when he went out on the sideline, it didn't look like he could go back in, but you, but you never know. Um, I will say, coming out of the bye week, you could tell that they were trying to maximize what Haynes does. They had some RPO packages in there uh, that I thought were pretty good for him. I felt like they were trying to maximize what Haynes did. And I thought, other than the interception, I thought Haynes was was doing some decent things. Um, at this point, I'm willing to give Connor that opportunity and see, okay, if we prepare the week, how does he do when he goes in there? How do we, how do we figure things out during a game for a full 60 minutes? Those kind of things. When you're thrown into the game in the what, third, fourth quarter, and you just got to react. Um, it is just, we, we got to go to win the game. So here are the plays we're going to run. We're just going to do whatever. Well, now that you've got a week to prepare, these are the things Connor as well. Let's try and maximize those things. Let's simplify things up front and make sure that everybody's protected. Let's try and run the football. That's your quarterback's best friend. And then give Connor throws that he absolutely can make. And then Connor, get the ball out of your hands. One, two, three, throw, throw on time. If it isn't there, Get out of dodge, throw it away. We'll get out of dodge and run and slide because our quarterbacks are banged up. We don't need you going down, uh, and God only knows what that's going to be. I, I thought Connor looked okay. I mean, I wasn't um, like, whoa, yeah. Like, I didn't feel that, but I felt like he drove the car pretty well. So I'm curious to see what he does when he's got the keys for a full 60 minutes and a full week, I should say. But I think the week is the most important thing, especially with the young quarterback getting him comfortable with here's what you're going to see. Here's what we did at practice. Let's go look at our mistakes, breaking down the film that he had from, uh, from South Carolina, all those things. I think during the week is going to be the key. If they end up going with Connor, it goes back to the health, health of Haynes King. That said, whoever does play quarterback, I think this week, no matter it's old Miss or whomever, Hey, look, let's, Let's try and chill on scrambling. Let's not try and take any undue chances. Let's throw the ball away, live to see another down so we don't take any more hits at the quarterback position like we've taken this year. Let's just be smart about what we do with our scrambles, our designed runs, et cetera, and not take as many shots and try and stay healthy as best we can and simplify things for whoever the quarterback is such that they can just go out and quit thinking and play. Johnny, why does this team not score? And look, I understand the the mistakes, but the last few weeks, the offense has been better. It's not good, but like the 150 yards per game day are done. They're now in the 300s, right? So the offense is getting better, yet they have not scored more than 24 points in almost a year outside of the Sam Houston game in, in Prairie View. I, getting the ball, scoring from the red zone is... I, I, I go back to something that, that O'Brien told me. Told, this was Tom Brady. And Tom had been talking to him. And so Tom had been playing probably about seven, eight years before Bill took over as quarterback coach and offensive coordinator. And Brady used to tell O'Brien how hard it was in the red zone. Things are condensed. If teams play zone, they're very, very tight windows. And how confident are you to throw into those tight windows? I think scoring in the red zone is a lot more difficult nowadays because of some of the unique defensive schemes and things uh, that teams are playing. They're playing a lot of too high uh, type defenses, whether it's halves or quarters or things like that. Uh, and that gets that gets pretty tough because you don't get 
one-on-one routes. You don't get, um, you know, you don't get the opportunity to combo, you know, a, a rub route or something against man coverage where a guy can get open um, like we got against the Raiders the other day. That that can be kind of tough. And when you haven't had consistency at the quarterback position, that becomes even, I think, more difficult to be that good in the red zone because you have to find confidence to throw a ball into a much tighter space. And I don't think that that comes early in a quarterback's career. That comes with confidence that you've done it. Like you just rip one into, you know, a cover two space and you got it through and you're like, oh, okay, that's what I have to do down the red zone. Yeah, that's what you have to do. So I think there, there are there are things to improve upon in the red zone, but it gets so clogged and congested that unless you take man, I don't know if I can fit this ball into a space like this, but I got to do it because it's down in the red zone. And then you learn to do it, make your decisions quickly. Then you're as a quarterback, you'll get better in the red zone. The red zone is so tricky, David. I, I'm not surprised that younger quarterbacks struggle with it the way that they do. So at that point, maybe Devin A. Chain becomes a little bit more of a factor, trying to get him the ball in space and let him make a guy miss um, and try and do something down in the red zone. But I think, I think that's a major part of it is just things get so condensed and tight in there that you can move the ball between twenties because you've got enough athletes to do it, but then you get tight. And now the confidence of the quarterback becomes a bigger thing because you got to throw the ball in such tight spots all the time, especially if the team's playing zone. Johnny, I appreciate it, brother. We'll talk to you in a week. And uh, I got some NFL stuff. I want to get with you next week um, or maybe the week after let's uh, certainly catch up soon. All right. You got it, brother. And uh, to Bryce's mom's text, uh, Best to him. He's a guy you'd love to see back, and uh, you need him back at that point. But hopefully O-Line will play better this week and go get a win over Ole Miss. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. Make sure everybody checks out footballtakeover.com. Johnny's got great analysis, and uh, you'll, you'll love it. All right, right now we're talking Caldwell Country Chevrolet. They're on Highway 21 in Caldwell. They're online at caldwellcountrychevrolet.com. Always good stuff when you go to Caldwell Country Chevrolet when you're looking for a new vehicle, if you're looking to trade in, if you're looking to find something, that is the place to go. I highly suggest that you start online. Um, for those of you who don't live in the area, a great place to go. If you live in the area, they have these deals on the website that are fantastic. They got complimentary pickup and delivery for service customers out there. So if you know, like you're going to be at work, like, man, I can't get it out there to call Will, let them know. They'll come pick it up. They'll bring it right back to you. That's how they do it. They're giving top dollar on the trade-ins as well, something they've been doing for a long, long time. They take care of their customer during every aspect of the car buying experience. They're a small town dealership with a heart of serving the Brazos Valley. That's why people go to Caldwell Country Chevrolet, and they are also a proud supporter of Texas A&M Athletics. It is a short conversation away, 15 minutes, Brian Caldwell, but you're going to enjoy that experience when you step on the lot there at Caldwell Country Chevrolet. Highway 21 in Caldwell, online, caldwellcountrychevrolet.com. I do like me some Drake. I know it surprises Kay Nagley over there. Big fan of the Drake. Did you know he's coming out with an album on Friday? I didn't know it was Friday. I knew there was something coming out it soon. It is Friday. We were, uh, I was listening to his channel on Spotify recently, and uh, like I forgot how many great songs that go back like before my kids were even born. He's been around for so long. It's uh, good stuff. It is Texax Radio. We're presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Uh, Texas A&M Soccer, they have not lost in the month of October, but they do need some more wins. Let's go to the uh, hotline. We're joined by Coach G to talk all about it. Coach, good morning, sir. Uh, good morning. How are you, David? I, I'm well. Let's let's talk a little bit about the current state of the of the team. Couple more draws. I know you wanted some W's out there. How are you feeling about things? 
Well, we're feeling like uh, it's about the same way you're saying that you know we've played well. Uh, it's we're we're hard to beat, and uh, you know a, a bounce here, a call there that uh, is made correctly, and and we're we have a couple wins. So it's uh, you know we're a little bit frustrated, but we're we're now at a point where we've got to get a result this Thursday to uh, get ourselves into the postseason. So let's talk about the the postseason. Um... You, your RPI is pretty good, so uh, I guess a, a victory here at Florida really goes a long way towards that. Of course, um, you know, a victory. Uh, even if Florida's RPI is really low, which is uncharacteristic, um, you know, a win is a win, and uh, what a win does for us is it puts us in pretty good shape with the SEC tournament, but it also keeps us, you know, on a firm footing for hopefully hosting in the NCAA tournament. So, how does the SEC tournament work? How many teams do make it? Give give our audience a little glimpse on how that works. Okay, in other sports, uh, everybody goes. Um, that's not the way it is in soccer. I know, like in basketball, there's um, I think everyone goes, and there's play-in games, and you can get a double buy and, and all that kind of stuff. That's not the way it is with soccer. Same thing, uh, softball. I think twelve teams go. Uh, for us, it's just ten, and right now. All of our top 10 teams are in the top 50 in the uh, national RPI, so it's really, really close. It's really, really tight. And uh, so as of right now, if the tournament was selected today, we would be in. Um, you know, we got off to a, a really slow start. After a, a great non-conference season, we got off to a really slow start in the conference with some wacky results. So um, for us, we are currently tied for 10th, and we hold the tiebreaker at the moment with uh, Missouri. And we would be in. We would be in, and we would be playing on Sunday. But you know, you throw the math in for one more game times fourteen teams, and it all becomes a little bit screwy after uh, after tomorrow. So the only thing that we can do is hope to win. Um, even if we tie, we're still in decent shape. But we've got a you know a win is is our best opportunities. And I, and I try to explain to people too. It's so tight. So when you say tenth, I mean there's. All the teams ahead of you, they're, 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 they're very close in points, correct? Correct. So the way points work in, uh, in soccer is typically across the world is you get three points for a win, one point for a tie. And that's basically to make people you know, give more incentive to go forward, try to get that win. Don't, don't sit in because you're, you're almost penalized for taking a tie. And that's what's happened to us the last two games. You know, On Sunday against Missouri, we get nine chances uh, six of them within six yards of goal, and you know they've got bodies piled up in front of it. We're hitting everything but the back of the net. They get one chance and score, and so you know they get a point, we get a point. So it's it just you know the whole idea is to try to um, reward attacking football and to go forward and to and to make it exciting. And you know, I think unfortunately we've made it a little bit more exciting than we wanted to be because our games have been closer <laughs> than we wanted to be. We've we've been in. We've been in, on the front foot for most of our games, and uh, like you said, we're we are undefeated in October. But um, you know, and some of those some of those ties, they you know they were good solid ties. South Carolina is a a really really hard team to play in South Carolina. Um, they have, they've done a wonderful job. They've been as high as number four in the country. So that draw felt pretty good. But the game on Sunday felt like a loss, even though you know we got a point out of it. It, it still felt like a loss, and you know. Our, Right now, so now we need a little bit of help. We need if we win, when we win, um, then we need we need a couple favorites to go our way. Either 
Um, South Carolina has to beat Missouri, um, which is a would be a, a favorite for for South Carolina since they're at home. Or we need um, LSU at home to beat Ole Miss. If either one of those go our way, then then we're in good shape and we're in. But really, I hate I know it's coach speak, but we've got to just focus on us and and make sure that we put the ball in the back of the net when we go into Gainesville tomorrow night. I know some close-scoring chances have not gone your way, but Mally Hayes has played phenomenally for you all lately. Just talk about her impact on this season. Well, Miley is a, is a perfectionist. I mean, she works her tail off. She really is a, does a great job of focusing on the little details that help her to be better, but also the people around her to be better. Um, you know, she has scored in – she is putting the ball in the back of the net or setting up other people – uh, in our last four games, you know, she was the SEC offensive player of the week for two weeks in a row. That that, that never happens. Um, and then she scored again, uh, got our goal on Sunday. So, uh, like I said, if there's if there's somebody that you want to be hot on the team, it's our striker, and that's that's who Miley is. Now, we we want the people around her. You know, Makai McDonald was close. Uh, Jai Smith was close. Um, you know, Carissa Beckman and and Sid Becerra. All those players in the attacking half, as well as Kate Colvin and, and Mia Pante, they've all been close. Uh, Miley has, has kind of held up her end of the deal and has scored. We just need uh, – if we can get two goals, we feel confident that we can, we can beat anybody. So that's kind of where we are. But she's been, she's been awesome. Houston girl, um, family's from Hawaii, and uh, just a, a wonderful person. But you know, even more wonderful because she's scoring goals. Coach, last thing for you. At this point in the season, there are tired legs, mentally, physically, all those things are happening, but you have to be your very best now because it is, for you, a postseason that really starts with the next game. So just talk a little bit about how the, it, it is taxing, but you've got to push through that. Of course, and we've got, you know, we've got six players that are out, six key players that are out of our lineup, and we don't, you know, we're, we're an 11-player squad, and we get going after it, and so you take you take some key kids out. You've got to have it to where the next player is ready to step up, and that she's prepared, tactically, emotionally, physically, and uh, yeah. It, we we talk about that ours is a is a it's a hundred yard marathon kind of that you've got to you've got to sprint the whole way, but you've got to be able to slog through all kinds of different details, which in, which include endurance to be able to endure all these little road road uh, blocks and landmines that are in your way and that's where, that's where we are right now i mean we've got a we can complain about the people that we don't have access to but there's other people that don't have access to some players we've got to do the best that we can with the players we have we have a good a good roster and it's just time for a couple people they're all freshmen but they're the ones who've got to step up right now and, and get it done coach g we appreciate you good luck we'll talk to you soon thanks buddy y'all have a great weekend you too, sir. Take care. Coach G there on the hotline. All right, when we come back, Alan Waddell, take a little defensive perspective when we break down what is happening with this A&M football team. I got some questions for him about coaching, big picture, small picture, all that. Uh, that's coming up next. Hey, everybody. It's Texas Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Let's go straight to the hotline and talk to Coach Alan Waddell. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, David. How you doing today? So I apologize. I sent you a text at 6.33 in the morning, and I thought I sent it at 6.33 p.m. yesterday, but it, it never got to you. Hey, that's all right. Glad to be here. I was up and, up and awake and 
ready to talk some Aggie football. I'm I'm ready to come to Kyle Field. It's been a while. I might even have to Google how to get there again. It's been so while. We're ready. We got to, for the next five weeks in Kyle Field. So that's a great that's a great deal. Yeah. Today. It, it's it's been such a long time. I usually see you pregame there when we're doing our KBTX hit. Let's uh, talk a little yeah. bit. Like, I've said this a couple times this week, and, and, and follow me through this uh, thought yeah. process. I am totally shocked by what I have seen this season, but there was evidence of this last year. This offense has been so bad since this, the Colorado game that they had just a little blip on the radar where things were working. Other than that, this offense has been struggling for quite a while. So I ask you, how shocked are you, but now looking back at everything we've seen develop? Uh, it, it's been disappointing, first of all. Uh, shocking is a, is a word, good word, because we've got a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we've got all those stars, you know, four stars, five stars, at quarterback, running back, offensive line, wide receiver, everywhere. So uh, we're not playing up to our potential now. There's a lot of reasons for that, and uh, I'm not in the dressing room or the locker room to find out what those are. But uh, I know that uh, the talent is there, and people use the excuse, oh, we're young. Well, we've been young. We've got some really, really good recruiting classes the last five or six years, and those are the guys that are that should be playing right now. So uh, so I don't I don't buy the youth, youth movement as much. Uh, I think the youth movement tells us how great potential we have in the future, but we all be playing better football right now. The coaches know that and the players know that, and they're the ones who got to find the answer to how to, how to do it. Yeah. We're talking to Alan Wendell here on Texas radio presented by David Gardner's jewelers. All right. So on teams that you've been a part of at whatever level, and I know you had a lot of success, so this probably didn't happen often when things went South in a hurry, what was done from a coaching perspective to help stop it? Well, it starts in the locker room. If you don't have a good chemistry in the locker room, you're not going to have good chemistry on the field. And that starts with your leaders. And the leaders start with your seniors and your juniors, your upperclassmen. And so it's uh, it's time for the upperclassmen to take charge of their football team, to meet with the coaches and get on the same page and develop a plan to get uh, all 85 scholarship football players and the uh, 13 coaches at Texas A&M on the same page and pointing in the right direction and, and finding a solution for this bump in the road, as I call it. You know, we, we go out and win five ball games. Everybody will forget those kind of, or at least they'll, they'll, it'll be a distant memory, but uh, we gotta, we gotta write the ship. We gotta write it now. Uh, it's, it's time to win. Mississippi is a good football team. That gives an opportunity to turn things around. Uh, we are a better program. I used to say what I thought about, you know, when we were 10 and one couple of years ago or whatever, uh, I think we've turned the corner and the corner is you should never lose to the Mississippi schools because we've got great facilities. We've got great resources. We've got great talent. We've got better program than either one of the Mississippi schools. And to say that we're going to lose uh, for two years in a row to both of them is just not acceptable. So it's time to write the ship, find the answers. The answers start in that dressing room and then they proceed to the practice field. And if you get those two things solved, it usually relates to a uh, success on Kyle field. Coach Waddell, how much finger-pointing is happening, maybe not right now, but does happen in locker rooms when one side of the team is producing while the other isn't? How much is our defense po po uh, pointing at offense? Hey, guys, and vice versa. Well, I'll tell you what. It doesn't happen in Georgia. It doesn't happen at Alabama. It doesn't happen at Ohio State. You know, uh, They don't allow that to happen. Both the coaches and the players do. Uh, that's the easy way out. That's making an excuse. Uh, the first person you need to, when you point a finger, you need to look at the three fingers pointing back at you. And you need to look at the mirror and say, well, I'm not perfect either. 
So uh, the the success the, the secret is to encourage your teammates, help them find a, a solution to the problems, and not to point fingers at everybody. Sometimes when you're young, sometimes when you've had so much success and you were the big five star hero at your school, and things aren't going well, and people are, are pointing fingers at you, you like to point fingers back. But that is the opposite of what brings success on a football program. That is the uh, the biggest destruction you can have in a locker room. What does it say that they've been so bad, and those are my words, they have been so bad with the mistakes and the lack of offense, yet they're in all of these games. And I think it makes me more upset to say that statement because they're so winnable. But at the end of the day, does it even matter because this is what they're producing? Well, you got a great point there. I mean, last year, uh, you know, we, we beat Alabama. The team that played for the national championship, won the Southeast Conference, we beat them. And yet, you know, we lost four other games or whatever. This year, we're six feet away from beating Alabama, you know, type stuff. And yet, and we've got, what, 54, four or five stores, all that talent on the field, and we're not producing. So that's the disappointing part. Anytime you don't reach your potential, it's a disappointing part. But the answer, again, is in the locker room. The answer is in the, uh, in the, in the, on the, in the practice field. Uh, schemes mean a lot, but execution of whatever schemes you're running is what's important. And uh, I know you can always second guess the coach. Uh, if we uh, we catch one little out route against Alabama and and uh, throw a hail mary, everybody's happy, you know. But uh, it didn't happen, and there's a lot of questions. And uh, naturally, uh, people are going to ask questions. If I had all the uh, solution to that, they'd be paying me eighty five million dollars. Talking to Alan Waddell here on Texax Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Coach Waddell, I was reminded of this, and I I knew it, but I didn't think of it, and then I was reminded this morning. Haynes King has not beaten a Power 5 team yet. Yes, uh, and neither have the people on the field when he's on the field, I yeah. guess you could say. Yeah, too. that's well, so, well said. Uh, there, there's no doubt. I mean, this is a – in a day of uh, of uh, social media, in a day of uh, big-time football and the money and resources that alumni are putting in there, in the day of NIL, um, college football is becoming like pro football. It, it's a job. And your job is to produce. And if you can't produce, then you got to find somebody else. It doesn't matter if you're in TV. It doesn't matter if you're an engineer and a, at a plant. It doesn't matter if you own your own business. Uh, success and production is the bottom line. Uh, this isn't high school football. This is big time football. We're not. We we will build character along the way, but we expect to win football games. Um, alumni are putting a lot of money in this program. We're paying coaches great salaries. We've got NIL. We've got great facilities. We've got all that. And the reason we have that. And the or the uh, the expectations of that is at the end of the day, angle A uh, and M scores more points than their opponents do. And right now we're not meeting that. And I don't I, the quarterback is easy one to you know put the blame on, but uh, it takes a team. It t- it takes a total team. All right, kicking game. Uh, we win the kicking game the other day. We win the game. You know type stuff. You know. So uh, it, it it all comes to, down to the little things. Um, defense is playing well. They can probably play better, but they they're playing well. Um, the problem is the continuity in the offensive line, and I think everybody knows that. And that takes a while to develop, and these injuries aren't helping us there. Um, you know, we lost a, a big play man when we lost Smith, so the young kids have got a, a king's got to get used to them. I thought women came in and did a good job to be so young and to, to not get as many reps in practice. So um, the future's there, the potential's there. It's time to, to reach that potential. Yeah, yeah, they're just not reaching. I do have a, a defensive question for you after we talk Connor for a second. Um, yeah. In the limited time that you saw him out there, 
um, what'd you like, and would you like to see significant him significantly more? I, I liked what I saw. You know, he had control of the huddle. Uh, you, again, you got to realize by the time you get in the midseason, the backup quarterback might get twenty percent of the snaps. So, uh, so he hasn't had a lot of snaps, and before that, he was a third team, which means he got a, even less snaps. So, for a guy that is limited on the offense and Jimbo's offense, you look at the history of it. It's it's not one where quarterbacks just walk in and are successful. It's a it's one that develops, and so he hasn't had the time to develop it really. So, with with that being said, I thought he did a good job. Like I said, uh, they were probably limited on what he could do as such, but I think the future is bright with him. And if uh, if Haynes doesn't come through, then we've got a great backup. Uh, look what Clemson did with their quarterback in the middle of the game. You know, they were down. The quarterback having a bad game. They put the true they put the true freshman in, and he rallies them to a big win over an undefeated Syracuse team. So uh, yeah, I'm. I think the future looks bright for that young man. He's he's a good one. He's a keeper. So I know defense is not the problem. Obviously, the defense has been really good. Uh, but I do want to talk about at the end of the game, they could not stop South Carolina driving on them. And I guess my point is, is that probably eventually a defense is going to bend because they've been on the field for so long, and you can only play so well against these teams that are trying to score on you. Um, eventually it breaks because of how many plays and how tired you get and just the execution kind of wanes. What happens? There, there's no doubt. That's exactly right. And first of all, you're on the road. So the energy is in the stands is against you. You know, uh, your offense is not having success. So a young team will sometimes point fingers, like you said before, you know, and be very disappointed. And you've got to concentrate on your job. You know, you can't worry about the guys next to your job. You have to concentrate on your job. You can't worry about the offense. You've got to go out there and make stops and give the offense the ball back. But that comes with maturity, and that comes with, with a, a, a discipline. And uh, like I said, we're, we're playing good defense, playing good enough defense to win most games. Uh, we just have to play better, whatever it takes. We Defense has to give up one less point than the offense scores, and everything's good. And uh, that's got to be their mindset, whatever it is. We win, you know, three to nothing, two to nothing. If we win 51 to 50, a win is a win. Yeah, a win is a win. Kyle Field is, uh, for a team that's been on the road for so long, young, and made more mistakes on the road than they made even here against App State and whatnot, uh, how, how big will that be for this team having 90,000-plus out there uh, and finally being back at home after a month away? Oh, it's going to be really big. It's going to be a great ball game. I'm interested to see how Ole Miss uh, bounces back. I'm wondering how Lane Kiffin gets his team back. That was a very disappointing win, to say the least. Uh, a loss, I mean, to LSU this this last week, and I think LSU, which is a good football team, but they're not they're not a great football team. But they exposed a lot in the uh, Ole Miss defense, scoring all those points against them, especially in the second half. Uh, Ole Miss couldn't stop LSU, so I think that gives our offense an opening to say, "Hey, we can move the ball and we can score points this week." If we don't, if, if LSU can score forty five and we can't score a bunch, and then maybe we do have some problems on offense. So it's going to be interesting. Um, Ole Miss, they can run the football. We stopped the run fairly well. So I think we match up well with them. And uh, we'll see how the tempo of the game, what Lane Kiffin has for us, and uh, and see if we can come home and right the ship and hit that restart button and, and win some ball games, get in a nice bowl game. Yeah. Get ready for next year. Then. Absolutely. Let's uh, close up with the Astros. You paying attention? I am. I will have to admit that uh, – um, Maybe it's my Longhorn side of me, but uh, I've I've been a Yankee fan for all my life. Oh wow, all my life. Uh, but now that the Yankees are out of it, I'm a hundred percent Astros. So I guess you could call me a two percenter in a way when it comes to the to the Astros. But I hope they win the World Series. It'd be great for the city of Houston, and 
Hope to get a ticket to be at the game. Well, I'll, I'll be very honest. My father grew up a Yankees fan, still a Yankees fan, there but he, he he roots for the Astros when they're not playing the Yankees. But you know, growing up in Cuba, they showed the uh, the Yankees on TV there. You know, and that's why or on radio, I should say, and that's what he listened to. Uh, I I grew up a baseball fan before they were the Astros. That shows my age. And uh, Saturday mornings, you got up, turned on the CBS, and you watched the Yankees play. That was what it was. Well, you look great for forty two, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> we'll talk soon, Coach Waddell. Gig him, sir. I'll see you, Clarity. Thank you. See you, man. Bye-bye. Uh, Alan Waddell with us. Sorry. Before we go to our break and before the music starts, I want to tell you about Fargo's. That's right. Fargo's is delicious. That's that barbecue spot in Bryan. you got to go check out Fargo's Pit Barbecue. Call them up at that number that they've had forever, 979-778-3662. 979-778-3662. It is open, uh, what, Tuesday through Saturday, closed on Sundays and Mondays. They are delicious. 1701 South Texas Avenue, one of the top 50 barbecue joints in the world, according to Texas Monthly. So delicious. No mass production when you go out there. Uh, they got a secret sauce, no doubt about it, but they got a secret great flavor. It's all about going to Fargo's, and their orders and their specials are fantastic. Uh, when you go there, Maurice is going to handle all that for you on those pickup orders. Let them know what you need, what time you want to go pick it up, because they get so busy, guys. You, you don't want to fall behind. They'll have it ready for you. Go straight to the counter and ask for Allen or Belender. And uh, yesterday, they had the uh, rib tips, as you know, delicious. Once they're gone, they're gone. Um, today, it is Wednesday, chopped beef on a baked potato. Also, you can try their beef ribs Wednesday and Saturday. Thursday, pork ribs, mac and cheese, green beans, red beans, you name it. Friday fish, corn, coleslaw, hush puppies, delicious. Uh, and on Saturday, they've got those beef ribs that we told you about on Wednesdays, pork ribs as well. If you haven't had the rib tips, you are really, really missing out. They're a great place to go for, uh, you know, you want to cater for a football weekend, office parties, wedding, anniversaries, funeral dinners. Any gatherings or celebrations, they are a great place to go check out and eat some delicious food. Fargo's located 1701 South Texas Avenue in Bryan. Without a doubt, the best barbecue in town. It is Tex-Hags Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. We are here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Um, and uh, let's go to the News and Social Center because Kay Nagley has been monitoring these text messages and also the uh, YouTube chat and Tex-Hags chat out there. Where do you want to go in the last minute of this segment? Let's go back to a text that was received in the 8 o'clock hour. So PG Ag and King Oaks was referring to that Bama player that Saban was talking about that hit the girl, whatever, the whole thing that popped up and said, would the Bama player be suspended if he was in the NFL right now? You want to respond for me? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Unfortunate. (laughs) All right. I just want some happy news. When's baseball season again? Coming up. Hey, basketball's less than two weeks Both. Too, men so. and women are going to be pretty good this year I know I'm excited I am too can't wait um, in fact I gotta we're gonna start having buzz on the show again here soon looking forward to that alright when we come back here on Texags Radio Ryan Broniger is going to be joining us for Recruiting Country if you want to get your text messages in for Bronny do that or you can also uh, listen to Peter Burns and Texas on the AMB text line all that good stuff I got it out of order but whatever you know what to do it's Texags Radio Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 